Hi, and welcome back to Walk It Out. I'm so glad that you chose to uh, join with us tonight. And my name is Gretchen Cannon. I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church and want to just talk a little bit more about what we did last week about obedience and what it really looks like uh, to walk some things out according to Jesus's love language of obedience. But before we get into that, uh, if you'll join me in prayer, I would appreciate that. Dear Father, we just, we come to you during this time and we just ask that you would reveal to us the things that you want us to hear. Father, that we would just rest and receive. Father, for myself, as uh, you're using me as a vessel, but as uh, those of us that are receiving also, we know that no man needs a teacher anymore, according to the new covenant. And we know that you are the one that gives all revelation. And so we ask for that, for what you want us to hear, because we pledge to, be ha to have our ears open and our heart open to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week we talked about Jesus's love language being obedience. And it just like, you know, what does that look like? And so I just want to take a minute and just say, it doesn't always mean going and doing something. Like his, his, his uh, request for you to walk out your obedience might be, for you to actually go and do something, serve somebody, pray for somebody, preach the gospel, sow truth. But it also might be just to get up and set with him in the middle of your day, early in the morning, late at night. And just whatever that looks like, it isn't necessarily going and doing the works of Jesus. But we know as, an, as a disciple, we learn to abide in him and out of that, we walk in his ways. His character and his nature is formed and displayed with, with, uh, within us and to those around us. And out of that, a byproduct of doing his works, making disciples, preaching the gospel, healing and praying for the sick to be healed, and all of those things. But the obedience might be for you is just to sit with him. Maybe sit with him in a different way. Maybe sit with him in silence and just learn to clear your mind. Maybe it's a time of prayer. Maybe it's scripture reading, eating the word, anything like that. So obedience isn't always the works of Jesus. Sometimes, and a lot of times, it's sitting with him so he can teach you how to remain connected and abide with him all day long in your mind, your will, and your emotions. Last week, we talked about what building was, and building is truly our obedience. Like when you build something, you walk something out. Whether it's uh, building spiritual maturity in your life um, as you sit with him, or if it's um, loving on your neighbor, having a block party at your neighbor, at, at your house for your neighbor um, to come and enjoy. So in that, obedience and in that building we do what the word says the rhema word which is the spoken word to our hearts by the living voice that inverse faith inside of us as yielded believers and also the written word and so i want to go and look at a couple of scriptures today with you 
and then really talk about what it looks like. I think we'll start, um, actually, I think we're going to just start in uh, 1 Peter. I'm going to go chapter 2, um, starting in verse 4. I'm going to read these uh, verses uh, for you all the way through verse 8. Coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious. And so last week we talked about in Psalm uh, 118, uh, 21 through 24, about how like the stone was there, but the builders rejected it. So if we're going to build according to Jesus's love language of obedience, then we can't reject our obedience. We can't walk in disobedience, no matter what that looks like. If we truly want to build upon him. And then it goes on to say in verse five, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. That's exciting. And so in verse five it, or verse four and five, it talks about Jesus is the chief cornerstone chosen by God, but that we are also uh, living stones that are chosen by God. Jesus is a living stone. We are also the living stone. But in verse six, it designates him as the chief cornerstone. Verse seven says, therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So right there, it talks about disobedience is something that a builders reject. When you are rejecting what the Lord is asking you to do, when you are rejecting things in his word, in his scripture, then you are walking in disobedience. And when you're walking in disobedience, building can't happen. It either halts you, like it uh, keeps you from spiritual growth, spiritual maturity, maybe even emotional maturity. But when you walk in your obedience to him, like there's joy, there's freedom, there's things to build on. Like it's a beautiful thing. And so looking at this and looking at what uh, Psalm 118 talks about, about the builders rejecting the stone. Thinking about Ezekiel 26, when it's talking about the new covenant that is to come, that he will cause you to walk in his ways. He will cause you to do these things. It's not anything that he's going to make you do. Like he's putting the indwelling life of Christ within you. Hebrews 8 talks about the terms of the new covenant. And so with all of these pieces together, like what does that really look like? What does it look like when the Lord causes us for our will to align with his? It's not manipulation. It's not control. It's this faith that's inbirthed inside of us. It's this empowerment when we yield our will to him in obedience. Like it's the way we were designed to live out of love for him because we know how much he loves us. 
In Romans, it talks about like, owe no one anything but to love them. That word love is agapeo. It's not agape, but it's actually the love that aligns your will with his will and walks out the divine nature and character of him. Well, there's no way we can do that unless we sit with the Lord and we stay connected with him. Like there's no way for us to truly love and walk out that obedience out from apart from him. I mean, think about it. It says in, in 1 John that God is love. Like he is the person of love. So the only way for us to display love is in partnership with him. And even in Galatians 5, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit, and one of them is love, those are nouns. It's not something you go and produce. It's who you are. And so when you walk out your obedience of love, you are actually walking out who you are as a living stone as connected to him. So I want to look over in Luke 6, um, verse 46. I'm going to start there. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? And that word Lord means absolute ownership rights of every area of your life. Not just one or just not, not, not the ones we're comfortable with, but in every area. Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show him, show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Take that. Dug deep to lay the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat against it, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of, the how, of that house was great. Right here it talks about like when you walk him out as Lord, which means he owns every part of your life. And guys, this is a process. When you start becoming aware that the Lord is asking you to give him an area of your life that you haven't, like it's a process for you to actually walk that out in fullness and completeness. Like there are areas in my life that I know and he has affirmed in me that he has absolute ownership rights in. And there are some he's just made me aware of even this week. And it's not my disobedience in that. Like he is the one that reveals everything to us. And so he is waking me up to new things. He is waking me up to the things that I am not building my foundation on him. Whether it's my children, my marriage, my finances, my job, thing, just like any area of your life. Sometimes it's my quiet time, just the time that I set in stillness with him. And sometimes he shows me it's my affections, like he doesn't have ownership rights of my affections and even my emotions. And so as you become aware of it, 
You go through the process of transformation to allow him to completely own that area of your life. So I want to encourage you, don't get discouraged when you see an area where it comes into a realization and you waken up to an area that you haven't given him, him ownership rights of. All you need to do is repent. And what that means is like stop abruptly and go the other way. It means to change your mind about whatever that is. So when he reveals to me that he isn't Lord over my affections, I have to stop dead in my tracks and change my mind about who's going to rule and reign my, over my affections. Is it Gretchen or is it the Lord? Like, am I going to give that to him or am I not? And so right here in Luke 6, and this, this passage is also in Matthew 7, so I encourage you to do a parallel with them. It's, it's so rich. It's so rich. Both Luke and Matthew wrote about it. But it talks about digging deep. But when you dig deep, you lay a foundation on a rock. And so we built a house about a year and a half ago. And when we did that, it was a process. Like building the whole house was a process. But I'm just talking about the foundation. I'm talking about before any piece of lumber could be laid to start constructing the walls and the roof. Like there was a lot that went into it. Not only did you have to clear it, you had to, you had to make the pads solid. But then before you could ever begin to lay the foundation, you had to have a soil test. You had to see like what was the firmness of the soil that you were about ready to build on. And it had to be packed so hard, so strong, just like this talks about. You, like, if we are a wise person, if we are somebody that hears the voice of the Lord through his scriptures or through him speaking to us, and we walk out our obedience, we are that wise person that lays our foundation on the rock. And it talks about, Jesus talks about like, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Like he does the building. Our part in the building is the obedience. Our part is the partnership with him. But as we did the soil test and we found out what kind of soil we had, it told us like how deep we had to go down in our stem wall. For that foundation to stay. So as we did our stem wall, as we did our slab, that whole package, the, that whole package of those two things is the foundation. And it had to be built on a solid surface or a house would not stand. It would start having cracks. It would start having um, issues within the structure of the house if we did not build our foundation on a solid surface. And that's exactly what he's saying here. Build your life. Build the foundation of everything you are on me as the rock. Like whatever you lay in your life, it has to be built on Jesus or it's not going to withstand. And all that is in Matthew 7, it talks about when you hear these things, and you obey them, you're like that wise man that actually builds his foundation on a rock. But if you hear my words 
and you don't walk out your obedience, then you're like a foolish person that doesn't build their house on me as the rock, but instead builds it on sand. And so, like, this is all about lordship. This is all about ownership. It's not just Savior, but Lord. Like, there has to be a balance in what we do in our life. Like, when we become a disciple of Jesus, somebody that abides in him, walks in his ways, and does his works, like, that is all a balance of Savior and Lord. Like, we can't run off and give him ownership rights and not realize the salvation and, like, the new covenant that he gave us. Otherwise, we just turn into Pharisees going and doing the rules, going and doing good things. But when we have that perfect balance of Savior and Lord, like, that is the full picture of who Jesus is to us. He is both Savior and Lord. It's king. It is a king, like a king goes and wins wars for his subjects, right? He is our king. We are his subjects. But the kings also lead their subjects into battle. And by leading them into battle, like the king goes before us. He went before us. He goes before us every day. And as we continue to... um lay our foundation on the rock, then it can't be broken. Like, I want you to just take a minute and I want you to think like, what are some things that are not shaken in my life when trials and tribulations come? When somebody's disappointed at me, in me, when somebody rejects me, somebody doesn't like me, when I cause people problems, like when I even do something that's wrong. Like, what are the things in my life that is not shaken when those things happen? Those are the things that you have built your foundation on him as the rock. Because it talks about, like, nothing in the kingdom will be shaken, but everything else will be. And so I just want to encourage you this week, like, sit with the Lord and ask him, like, what are some things in my life that I have built that foundation on you? And what are some things that haven't? Listen to what he says. Then ask yourself, what are you going to do about it? You know, I liken this to a marriage. When Brian proposed to me, I had to say yes or no. I didn't leave it up to him. It's the same thing with us and the Lord. He speaks to our heart and we say, yes, I'll do this or no, I won't. And that's the same thing. So my question to you is, will you sit with the Lord this week? And I encourage you to, and just ask him, like, what are those things? And then let him speak to you and decide what you're going to do about it. And then go walk it out. You guys have a great week. I'm going to pray for you as we close. Father, I thank you for the truth in your word that we get the pleasure and the honor of being able to just saturate ourselves in. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that indwells inside of us, <laughs> that like empowers us, it embers faith to do the things that your word says. And so 
as we sit with you this week, as we discipline ourselves to sit with you and abide with you, to be able to be formed into your image. We say yes to whatever you show us, even if it's scary. I thank you for all these people watching and listening. Father, that you would give them new heightened experiences of your presence and your goodness and your love so they can trust you in new ways to let you become Lord in areas. In Jesus' name, amen.